It all began when 24-year-old Shannon Gilbert, a sex worker, disappeared from Oak Beach, Long Island. 911, what's your emergency? She is saying they were trying to kill me. Girl screaming, help me, help me, help me. Shannon was terrified out of her mind. The beautiful beaches of Long Island, New York, have become the latest backdrop in a murder mystery. The search for Shannon took a horrific turn after investigators made a grisly discovery in the thick bramble off Ocean Parkway near Gilgo Beach. We found another set of remains, a third set of remains, and a fourth set of remains. They became known as the Gilgo Four. Women all in their 20s and all advertised as escorts on Craigslist. Suffolk County police are looking for what they believe is a serial killer. We're going to find her and we're going to find out who hurt Shannon and all the others. It has to be somebody who's pretty familiar with the area. Predator could possibly be living amongst us. I got a phone call. I got him to tell me who she was and where she was. No one has any proof of that. We're looking for someone who is sophisticated particularly someone who is cognizant of law enforcement techniques. Grim Tide follows the decade-long search for a serial killer. We know we're close, and we think it's only a matter of time. I'm Laura Ingle, and this is Grim Tide. In the pre-dawn darkness of May 1st, 2010, not far from where I'm standing, Shannon Gilbert frantically scrambled for her life, knocking on doors, pleading with whomever would answer to save her from an attacker she wouldn't identify. She eventually arrived on the porch of Gus Coletti. He offered safe harbor, but Shannon bolted from the porch, disappearing into the darkness never to be seen again. The search for her led to a series of grim discoveries that no one could have imagined. Before May 1st, 2010, the gated neighborhood of Oak Beach was just a quiet enclave along the peaceful shores of Long Island. This is some of the treasures of Suffolk County. It's really a beautiful area. It's a quiet area. I mean, it's if you go out there, it's an isolated community. And the community was extremely vigilant about who was coming in and coming out. As soon as any stranger comes, everybody comes to know about it right away. So it was an unlikely setting for the opening chapter of a horror story. But that is exactly what it became. My name is Alex Diaz. I'm from Jersey City, New Jersey, and we're here today to talk about Shannon Gilbert. She was my girlfriend. Shannon and Alex met on the job, but it wasn't your storybook office romance. Shannon was a sex worker, and Alex was her driver. I saw past her profession that she was doing, so I was like, you know what? Like, I, got, I didn't even care what she was doing. I, I felt like I liked being around her, and that she was just like, I like talking to her. She was smart, you know, and it was cool, you know. But then sometimes, you know, she suffered from bipolar, and that would again sometimes uh, start issues. He busted her jaw. She had a plate in her jaw from him breaking her jaw one night. John Ray is the attorney for the Gilbert family and has spent the last decade working for them on Shannon's disappearance. The killer still lurks. 
Diaz was, uh, you know, a boyfriend. She lived there with him in Jersey City. Uh, but the relationship he had with her was um, testy, to say the least. Sometimes we get mad at each other. She hit me, and I hit her back. And, you know, it worked both ways. Double standard. I hit her. Since I hit her, she hit me. Alex claims the violence was fueled by their line of work, but he believed it would come to an end. I knew that eventually since she was going to get out. Once she got out and she got the job, and uh, a regular job, and I would have been working my regular job also. We would have been just, you know, living together and then eventually start a family and then uh, just live normal. That was the plan. She was very funny. She was, you know, cool people. Like, she was fun to be around all the time. She loved to sing. I love being around Shannon. She, she always had fun with everybody. Give her a kissy. My sister sang from like the time that she was like five, six to, you know, up until the day she went missing. She loved singing. When she was younger, her idol was Mariah Carey, you know, and her voice was like like an R&B kind of voice. She really worked hard on it. She knew that it wasn't something that she wanted to do. She really didn't want to stay in the business. She was, you know, enrolled in college. She was doing an online college. Even the last day that she was working, like in the last months, she was trying to, she was trying to earn, she was earning the money. She could get out and get a regular job. That never happened. Fox News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. Alex remembers the last time they spoke. She called me, she goes, hey, I'm over here and uh, I'm doing this last call. I'm in Long Island. I'll be back after I'm done. I'll see you soon. I love you. So something occurred between that one in the morning and four. I would say around that area. That's like the time frame where all this chaos started. Something went wrong there. I spoke to Alex uh, when I first came into the case. I spoke to him at length. She was with Alex that day, and she went to just do her normal work. And he he was her escort as for her work when she worked in New Jersey as a sex worker. But there she got busted in a ring uh, that got busted and she didn't want to go back to New Jersey. That's why she was working Manhattan. Shannon left her Jersey City apartment, went to Manhattan and met up with her driver, her escort, uh, which would, by former days would have been called the pimp. And his name was Michael Pack. Suddenly a call came in around midnight from Brewer out in Oak Beach, Joseph Brewer, uh, for Shannon's services. To who? To Pack or to Shannon? Do you know? We're not sure who the call came into, and we're not sure why it came in at all. And therein lies another big part of this mystery. But any event, the event occurs. She goes to Oak Beach. 60 miles east and more than an hour's drive from Manhattan. We know that they arrived somewhere between 12 and 2.30 or so in the early morning hours of May 1st to Saturday. Brewer let them in, and they proceeded um, to his home where Brewer lived alone. Christina Corbin has been covering Shannon's disappearance as an investigative reporter since 2010. And Shannon went in to spend time with him while Michael Pack sat in the car outside. And at some point in the evening or early morning hours, rather, 
for reasons we still don't know, Shannon was terrified out of her mind. She thought her life was in danger, and she made a phone call to 911. 911, what's your emergency? We were sort of dumbfounded what happened to Shannon, right? Jerry McCarthy, now retired, was one of the lead investigators on Shannon's case. The police have never released the call to the public because it is an ongoing investigation. He is one of a handful of people who have heard Shannon's 911 call. At this time, you know, you could hear uh, Mr. Brewer and he's trying to get her to leave. And Mr. Pack enters the scene and they're trying to get her to leave. She is saying that they were, tr- they were trying to kill me or something. But to me, there was none of that trying to A, even interfere with her phone call. They know she's on the phone. And they're kind of at times laughing, at times saying, come on, hang up the phone, let's go. They try to maybe remove her from the doorway, at which point she runs. And then she goes, you can hear her, and she runs, and she knocks on Mr. Cordy's door. All of a sudden, I hear bang, bang on my door, front door here, and there's a girl screaming, help me, help me, help me. Gus Coletti, a resident of Oak Beach, was startled by the screams of Shannon on his front porch. Craig Rivera, at the time a senior correspondent for Geraldo at Large, interviewed Gus shortly after Shannon went missing. So I came out, I opened the door, and she stepped in, and she just kept staring at me. And I kept saying, what's the matter? What, what's your problem? And I picked up the phone, and I dialed 911 and called the police. And uh, as soon as I called the police, I said, I called the police, they'll be here in a little while. She t- opened the door and started running down the stairs. She got halfway down and she fell the rest of the way down. I came out here with the phone, where we're at now on the deck. And she got into the middle of the road and she started screaming again and she ran around this way and hid underneath the boat over there. When I looked back this way, I saw a car coming down and it would stop and I ran down and I stopped them. And I said to him, where do you think you're going? And he says, well, I'm looking for a young girl. He says, we're having a party at Brewer's house. And she got upset and left. And he said, I'm trying to find her to bring her back. With that, she bolted out from under the car and ran past that house over there and around that road and down that way. And that was the last they've seen of her. I walked up. She wasn't home. I called and her phone was off. That was Saturday morning. I kept calling. I kept calling on the phone. So I gave her a day. When I walked up that Sunday morning, that's when I was I got I was like, all right, her phone is still off. I'm like, okay. Then that's when I that's when I started panicking. Diaz apparently got worried right away. She didn't come home. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, he had experience with sex workers, uh, because he, you know, escorted them. So he had a good reason to worry right away because it's a pretty dangerous business. Did he call PAC? He didn't did. know PAC? He didn't he claims he didn't know PAC. But he found Pac's number, he claimed, by a, a, a phone stand by her bed. And he called Pac's number and wanted to know where she was. Mm-hmm. So then he and Pac managed to call Joe Brewer uh, and question Brewer about where she was. I got to talk to Brewer. Brewer's like, I don't know, man. She, she left there. She stormed out of here. Stormed out of here, you know, uh, thinking that he was going to kill her. I mean, she, she, was, she started acting crazy. Look, man. So whatever you guys did to her, man, yeah, I'm going to find out. So I, had, I left like a Sunday at 10 o'clock. And I drove to Oak Beach. And um, yeah, it took me like about an hour and 45 minutes to get there. And pitch black, I saw it was a little gated community. 
So I, I uh, parked the car outside the, the gate. I went inside. When I went inside, I, saw, I met Brewer. After a heated back and forth, Alex and Brewer went to the police station together. I met the police, and I actually told them the truth. I said, yeah, you know, she went to see him um, as a companionship thing, whatever, you know, they, 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 he spent a few hours, she was a few hours, she spent a few hours there. They, they were like, oh, well, maybe she's around somewhere, you know. Uh, it's not, blah, you know, she'll come back. Ah, and they saw, everybody was laughing. Like, it was like, it was like, it wasn't serious. But then they told me, you just go to, if anything, go to Jury City and, and file a claim over here, over there. That's where she's from. I'm like, but she went missing here, though. Why would Jersey City have to be involved with? This was so strange. That was a delay. I'll give you an example. New York City generally doesn't take missing person reports for people that go in the city that don't live there. And otherwise, they'd be doing tons of them on top of the tons they already do. So I went home, got some sleep, got back up, got up in the morning, got ready, and went back to Old Beach. I started walking around with a picture. I saw this guy named Tom and a lady. They were walking. They, They approached me. They were like, Oh, is there anything I could help you with? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm looking for this girl. And um, so they told me, you know what? Stay, stick around here. We're going to call somebody that could help you out. They'll help you really good with this. Uh, he's the president, board member of this area or something. So I was like, all right. And what's his name? And he said his name is uh, uh, Dr. something Hackett. Dr. Hackett was sort of the unofficial mayor of Oak Beach. And he um, was known by many people in the community to be a teller of tall tales. He came out with a notebook. So I told him, yeah, um, my girlfriend is, your name is Shannon Gilbert. I showed him the picture. He goes, oh, okay, okay. Well, I, I, I could get information here. I, I'm, I'm well connected to the police. How many times have you encountered Peter Hackett? Uh, I've taken Peter Hackett's deposition three times for over 22 hours. Um, I videotaped the depositions as well as having a transcriber. Mm-hmm. I've knocked on his door. Mm-hmm. Um, I met his wife. What do you make of him? Peter Hackett is not the man that he tries to portray himself as. He said, just go home. You, you, everything's going to be all right. I'm going to call the cops. And I'm going to have this whole place checked out, this whole area. So I left. Do you believe that Shannon and Hackett knew each other before that night? It's possible that Shannon and Hackett knew each other before that night. Alex Diaz returned to Oak Beach a third time in that first week Shannon was missing. This time, it was with Michael Pack, and once again, Dr. Peter Hackett met him. Uh, he's the supposedly, he, he knows, he could find information, and he, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's very connected with the police. So Peter Hackett takes them around the Oak Beach community? Yeah, Peter Hackett takes Diaz and Pack around the community searching for Shannon, and he takes them to the waterfront. He was like, well, he kept saying, maybe if she's in the water. And he says, she's going to float up there. That's where she's going to turn out. He tells this to the boyfriend, which is shocking in its own way. It's almost as if he was playing them and torturing them with that kind of a statement. He said, I'll go on the boat. He said, I got a boat. I could go and check later. I could drive around on my boat and see if I could find anything strange in the water. I said, go then. Yeah. That'll be, I said, that'll be, that'll be very helpful. At the time, I was a deputy inspector assigned to the detective division, overseeing several sections, one of them which was Missing Persons Bureau in 2010. When I get involved with the case, and I hear a little bit of it, I I know uh, we go back to the scene and we start doing as best we can, doing a search. We're looking with a helicopter and we're doing a canine search. 
it's a Jersey City case technically, but we do start interviewing people in conjunction and coordination with Jersey City PD. That we speak with Pac, we speak with Brewer, we, we do those sorts of things. Neither Pac, Brewer, nor Hackett have been implicated in Shannon's disappearance or death. As we move forward, it's clear that we still have to look for Shannon, right? Because nobody's heard from her. Obviously, she has a very active family that's concerned about her. They've put flyers up or that sort of thing. But it's quite difficult because the terrain there, you, you just can't see through it. Uh, you'd have to be there physically in the time frame or this time of year to see the overgrowth of actually what's going on along Oak Beach. So, again, we don't hear anything. Uh, we can't find anything. So we're waiting for the foliage to drop. And that's basically what we're doing. But it, you have to wait till this foliage is completely down. And uh, I speak with the supervisor and the detectives to set the search up with the canine uh, for after the Thanksgiving period. And they coordinate their schedules and they do that on December 11th. This officer, John Malia, I mean, he went beyond the uh, in his, his search, what he was looking for. I mean, he really traversed the whole Suffolk County part of, uh, of the Ocean Parkway, searching through those things, going, you know, he's miles away from this. And he kept it up all day. So I happened to be at a wedding that day. And later on in the afternoon, I get a phone call from one of the detectives. And he says, you're not gonna believe this? I said, what? He said, we found Shannon Gilbert. I go, you're kidding. And I said, no, and she looks like she could possibly be a homicide victim. The search began as a result of a missing persons report. 24-year-old Shannon Gilbert disappeared after calling 911 for help. Canine unit searching the dunes in this area made the gruesome discovery. And if it wasn't for John, we wouldn't even be where we were. He's finding the victim who we think is Shannon. Of course, Shannon has a, um, a metal plate in her jaw from her prior injury. And that's clear that this isn't Shannon. Six months of searching brought no leads on Shannon Gilbert. It only uncovered a bigger mystery. Who did police find that December day? How did she die? And how did her body wind up in that remote patch of Long Island Marsh? Finally, how did this grim discovery tie in with the original and still unanswered question? Where was Shannon? Hi everybody, it's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.